So, okay, I think in American English and in like every other English around the world, I think they say turtle for like everything, right? But then actually there are three very different things. So a tortoise lives on land. A turtle is like a sea turtle, lives in the in the sea, and a terrapin lives in kind of uh, not salt water. What's the word? Fresh water and on land. Oh. And then you get some turtles that live in like water and don't come out like fresh water, but don't come out. So turtle is all water, tortoise is all land, and a terrapin is somewhere in the middle of the Venn diagram. But terrapins are snappy. Terrapins are snappy. Welcome to the Creative Zoology Podcast with Lindsay Dow. <laughs> <laughs> Hey folks, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Dow. Here we go for episode 32 of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. As always, it is a beautiful January day here in the UK. And if you've never been to the UK, trust me, they don't really exist. <laughs> well, hello, Lindsay, how's, how's it going? Not bad, not bad. Almost February, you know. Oh my God, yeah. Actually, yeah, this podcast is coming out on the 1st of February. Mm -hmm. So happy February to you guys. February is the month of German carnival. Did you know that Germany has a carnival? Is that to do with Pancake Day? Mm. As I would call Pancake Day. <laughs> hmm, there's a lot to unravel there. Um, is this the is... same kind of time is, is what I mean. Is it the same? Exactly, yeah. It's the... Right. It, it's kind of the... It is a time of boundless partying, drinking. Um... Oh, see, this bugs me. This bugs me, right? <laughs> drinking? Yeah, I did not know that existed in Germany. Don't they have carnival <laughs> in Venice at the same time and in flipping Rio? And what do we get in Britain? Pancakes. I'm not, I have pancakes every Saturday morning. That's not special. Oh, oh you've got nice pancakes as well. Dear listeners, I went to see Lindsay once um, and she was kind enough to host me at her home. And the best thing about the visit was not Lindsay, it was the pancakes. Well, Ashley made them, so <laughs> not sure. even not even my fair hands. So, uh, very closely followed, very closely followed <laughs> by great Lindsay. Hostess. <laughs> no, but OK, so cycling back a little bit. Yes, German Carnival is the last weekend before Lent. And we do this whole thing where the, the particularly the West and anything that's along the Rhine, so the West of our country, just goes crazy for um, that weekend. On Thursday, women storm town halls and cut off men's ties. On Saturday, mm. everybody goes to masked balls. Ties. ties, it's symbolic, but ties. Um, on yeah. Saturday, everybody goes to masked balls on Monday, there's an enormous parade. It's called the Rose Monday in in Mainz in Cologne. It's huge. Um, people work on the on the float on the floats for the parades all year long, and this is a huge part of German culture. That and we lose out to places like Venice and Rome, but actually German Carnival is the true where it's at. Whereas here in the UK, people, they have nothing, 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 and this day that they're calling Pancake Day. And what happens on Pancake Day, Lindsay? We eat pancakes. And that is it. That's about it. Yeah. Sometimes if you're, if you're like in school, you might run with them, have a pancake race where you have to flip them. And then, you know, there's the old joke of, oh, you flip your pancake, you're stuck on the ceiling. That's, that's funny, apparently. <laughs> um, but that's it, really. Just pancakes. Never heard of that. Oh, Maybe and not. 
No. Oh, like because you're supposed to flip the pancakes. Uh huh. That's a part of it. Yes. So you you know you flip them and oh I my flipping I didn't I didn't flip very well and it landed on the ceiling and it got stuck that that sort of thing. It's never happened in anyone's life that I've known for real. But if you're a first time you know. listener. Welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, where at some point we will talk about language learning. (laughs) This episode is actually about habits and how we build and create them. So listen on to find out what our tendencies are with habits building. So there's a hint there and how we use them to make our language routines and check out the show notes. I've put a link in there to a quiz that you've got to take to get the most out of this show. Now, before we go any further, um, I'm going to do a thing. Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Hot off the press, January the 9th, 2016, dun dun dun, kind of hot off the, lukewarm off the press like a pancake. Um, we've got a new review, do you want me to read our, our latest review? Oh, okay, go yeah. for it, I'm all ears. It's from Chris number one, listener Chris, hello listener Chris number one, five stars in the UK iTunes store, it says, I have to say, I've now listened to all of these episodes... So, you know, it's a well-founded review, guys. And I thoroughly enjoyed the motivation the hosts and guests alike bring to the table. Kirsten and Lindsay are both so in love with language learning that their enthusiasm is infectious. Whenever Whenever you're feeling like language learning is getting on top of you, you can tune in and they will help you rediscover that joy of learning. And, oh my God, that's, this is why I do it, you know. That's lovely. I think that's thank is, you. Thank you very much. Um, it actually goes on to say great job and thank you for creating a wonderful podcast, he says, and a few more um, wonderful comments. And guys, definitely, if you do find the time to review us in iTunes or in Stitcher, um, we do read those reviews and they do make us feel very, very happy and put a smile on our face. Um, well, I haven't had a mean one yet, so I can't to, say about that. It helps that. us to get found. Helps us to get found. It really, it really helps us um, because iTunes has magical secret algorithms. But it's it's very important to, I guess, I guess they don't really believe that you're listening unless you put in that put in review or put in little stars or whatever. So uh, mm. prove to iTunes that you are real and you are not a robot by giving us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, so definitely or any stars. We should say. Any, you should say any. It's you're fine. welcome to give a review of any stars, but five is is nice. Correct, <laughs> absolutely correct. And I I really think that I really wanted to say, if you do feel like language learning is is getting on top of you, if you feel like you've neglected your language learning, you just haven't done anything for two weeks, um, and you're like like apps um, are getting kind of they can be a bit mean, right? They, they're a bit. I, I finally today restarted Duolingo because Duolingo is now out in Welsh and that's my language that I'm learning so I thought okay yeah yeah really so I thought oh I'll give it a go and the first thing it it does is like you do you do a little bit of a thing and it's all fine then it went bing bing here's here are all the days of the week and you're now really high for today make sure you get your streak come back tomorrow so I can imagine if you don't do this daily thing that it wants you to do how how and you know that the app can be a bit I imagine it's a bit stressy in it, that it would go like, well, you haven't done Duolingo yesterday. Come back and, you know, now you've got to do double hit and you've probably forgotten everything. Spaced repetition. No, no, no. Um, however, you know, it is great fun and it goes bing and it goes bloop and it's it's quite amusing as well to, to do. So it's not all bad. Um, people always think I hate Duolingo. I don't. I just 
question it more about that later. Um, <laughs> proper hint. Um, there is more about that later. Indeed. So I, I just really wanted to say, Chris, I really appreciate that what you, what you were saying there is whenever you're feeling like language learning is getting on top of you or if you're just feeling a bit like, oh, I can't keep up. This, this is rubbish. I obviously haven't made any progress or something. You know, stick with us. And if listening to us, I think listening to us counts as language learning sort of, kind of, especially if you're not British or even if you are not German, um, <laughs> in which case... If you're learning English, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever it is, I think we, we, we do intend to help you. And I think it's really important to say, look, you know, between us, Lindsay and I probably have dabbled in, in 20 languages and we officially give you permission to, you know, sit back and not stress yourself out. So with that being said, I just really wanted to say thank you very much for the review. This is what we do this show for. This is fantastic, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Now, before we go into absolute details um, of habits, how to build a habit, and, you know, because I think there's better ways of building a habit than going on a website that then goes bing, bing, every single day. Helps, every little helps, but there's, there's even better ways of doing it. Um, a word from our sponsor. And if you listen to episode 31... This is episode 32. If you listen to last episode, you know that January is a special month for us here at the podcast because it's podcasters doing it for themselves month. Uh, last time, I got to tell you all about what I'm up to. And this time, it's Lindsay's turn. And Lindsay's got something to tell you about. So, Lindsay, what do you like this week? Yes, it's me. I am the sponsor of uh, this week's episode, which is quite exciting. So... The reason is, it's not just me. I'm not. I'm not. You know, the actual sp- <laughs> the actual thing that is sponsoring. I'm. I'm sponsoring on behalf of Successful Self Study, which is my brand new e course out in full. This is released on the first of February, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, yeah, the podcast is indeed. Today. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And you um, made you made that course by yourself. Yeah. Wowzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. So. It's it's a course for learners of any language, in particular if you are learning on your own. So, you know, if you're not in a class, even if you are in a class and you... Because I think when you're in a language class, it's almost more important to supplement that with things outside of your class materials. So pretty much any language learner who is uh, <laughs> who is studying at some point of their journey on their own and for any language as well. And what it is, is you've got at the... Um, you start off, you get the course workbook, which I know you love. Oh my God, it is so... <laughs> I've just written um, on my blog, if you want like really detailed review, I couldn't, it's quite a detailed review, I think, went on a bit. But if you want to read a very detailed review, I've just uh, written and published one because Lindsay allowed me to look through it. And God, that workbook is like the single coolest thing oh it's so good <laughs> it's it's really honestly i i i'm speaking from the heart here this is a it's the best thing about the course it's so good i love how much you love it <laughs> I, I bet yeah it, it makes me happy um so yeah a lot of a lot of work in this that and then so you've got you start off you get the course workbook print mm-hmm. it download it because it's digital so you can um enter your answers and stuff straight onto your computer mm-hmm. which is nice and then when you get that you can then go through and I recommend doing things in order, but you, it's, 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 I was going to say structured and constructed, constructured. It's structured in such a way that you can, um, you can kind of take each bit 
as you need it as well. So you don't have to work through an order. But I think it's beneficial because I've designed it that way. You've got the first section, which is kind of laying your foundations um, about goal setting, about motivation, about confidence, about time management and productivity. And then from there, you've then got the sort of language specific sections with some real targeted actionable tips that you can take and focused on each sort of broad topic I feel like uh, grammar vocabulary reading Mm -hmm. uh, writing speaking and listening and And just you know it's not a huge like boom here's a massive list of resources go and try all of them because that's just overwhelming and no one has time for that and that's not really that's not really a course is it that's kind of like a Here's a load of stuff. Yeah. Now do it. Here's Bye. Stuff. Go try it. Yeah, that's not useful. That's no. not helpful. So, no, so there's more you know, to it than that. targeted stuff that I have done and that I do now currently um, for language learning, for self-study, that has really helped me to progress. And, um, and then from there, you've got the tech training. So if you feel like you're learning a language and you hear all these buzzwords and people talk about memorize and italki and all of these things and you're like what i just don't use these things um well i, I don't know how to there's tech training videos and um, and guides that will help you work through step by step exactly what you need and how to how to use these tools mm-hmm. and then you've also got some extras as well there's the essential early skype phrases so when you're when you're first going through your early lessons and language exchanges and you want to you want to keep speaking as much as possible in your target language instead of having to go oh can you hear me can you hear me at the beginning you know you've got it all these things written down that you might need to translate ready for that first lesson the ultimate youtube keywords as well so you can really make the most of um, youtube which is a fantastic resource for language learning you know so words that you can translate to help you find um videos and, and resources to to improve your language learning and your self-study and what else oh my goodness oh and the ebooks if you prefer to read rather than kind of read on the computer you can take it on your on your um you've got the pdf of all the text oh, that's nice. you can take on your kindle on your on your ipad and also the audio so if you prefer to listen on the go instead you've got that as well as an option oh and then mm-hmm. finally i think finally i hope i haven't missed anything the <laughs> private slack community she has almost uh, certainly missed something because the actual list of what's in this course is about five hours long so if she started to read that out i think i would have to make a separate podcast just for Lindsay reading out her course (laughs) list so just go to my review or go to Lindsay's course page you'll see it is fine (laughs) yeah yeah and then the the slack community is is i think the final thing oh yeah uh, love slack yeah love it yeah so that's a place you can you can talk with all fellow students with me kirsten you're in the group as well Mm -hmm. um and, and you can just ask questions, get advice, share your tips, share your own resources, share your successes. And yeah, I think, I think that's the course in a nutshell. <laughs> it's, so really, it's, it's the, the, the feeling that I got from it or the thing that I really liked about this was uh, one particular aspect, which is that successful self-study is a course about self-studying, of course, um, But you sort of, you know, self-studying a language has come such a long way um, from 20 years ago when you would go and spend money on Rosetta or something like that, which you can still do. But actually, I looked at this and I kind of went, oh, my God, every resource in this is is actually free. Um, So you pay you kind of pay for the course once, but it'll. I looked at it and I was kind of like, okay, well, this will save you spending on a book because you, you can go somewhere else to find out where to get the grammar resources, etc. And particularly mm. the Slack community is a huge kind of 
bonus because this is where you find people and you chat about people who are kind of learning your language etc so i'm kind of hanging out in there hoping to you know find them welsh speakers soon uh, <laughs> i'll just be like i'll just run a big slack campaign and go yeah, come on people learn welsh um but mm -hmm. it's you know it's it's a way of finding it's not the only way of course but it's a way of finding community with people who are like-minded and the reason you know they're like-minded is because they have also gone ahead and decided that I'm going to commit and I'm going to get organized about learning a language in this way. And you can go through the workbook together. <laughs> yeah. Which... That, that workbook, that whole first section um, is, is awesome. completely applicable to other areas of life. Like I know that from self-study, it's the reason I have Lindsay's languages and it's the reason it is what it is because I taught myself these skills via studying languages on my own and then applied them to running a business and you know I've, I've now got that on the, so yeah yeah it's, yeah so there we go everybody this is our sponsor for the week and you can get $20 off the official purchase price by using the code fluent that's f-l-u-e-n-t you can tweet us and tell us what you think about the course or about the podcast in general with our new hashtag that we invent at the end of this show, because we're actually recording this bit after, I know, time travel, um, and their new hashtag is CLLP. Really love to hear from you. Okay, I think we're ready to go. Brilliant. Let's do this. So that was our sponsor for today, Successful Self-Study, brand new course out today, fluentlanguage.co.uk slash self-study course, all one word. And our topic for the day today is something that on the surface you may not recognize as a language learning relation, but it is extremely relevant. And the more I am reading about it, the more I am researching it, the more I am understanding about it, the more interesting it is. And this all started when Lindsay recommended a podcast to me. So Lindsay, tell us about this podcast. Mm, okay, so the podcast, I, th I have a feeling we've probably mentioned it before, um, on the podcast. Um, it's called Happier by uh, someone called Gretchen Rubin. Okay, Happier. Yeah. And Happier is about what? <laughs> Sorry, this is like the most basic interview ever. Sorry. Happier <laughs> is about, um, it's mostly about kind of habit techniques and so kind of things that, we, little things that we can do to improve our sort of daily routine, our daily habits, to improve our overall happiness as a result. Okay, so I listened to Happier and the first episode I listened to um, was straight, it, they did a special on this thing that Gretchen Rubin, the writer who hosts the podcast, has invented. And this thing is, she calls it the four tendencies and is currently looking for um, actually a word to kind of put in between there, in, in her book, Better Than Before, she sort of plays around with calling them the four fateful tendencies, but herself, she recognizes that that's a bit melodramatic. So it is sort of fateful, um, or they might not be. But what they are is they, they play a massive role. They are certainly influential in your life. And so the first episode I listened to, they were talking about this, this uh, personality type called the obliger um, and about how this person reacts. And I was absolutely hooked right from the start, was fascinated. And as we talked about it more, to bring this in line with language learning really made a lot of sense. 
So the Four Tendencies Framework, if you have never heard of it, is essentially, like Lindsay says, it's about how you do those little things that make life a little bit easier. It's about how you build habits. And what Gretchen Rubin was wondering as the premise of kind of how she came out with this, and in her book she sort of says, ah, I have, un I have solved the mystery of humanity. So it's a little bit like, yeah, come on, love. But um, at the same time, it, it is quite you know, it's, it's a great one. So it's not uh, hugely researched or scientific at, as such yet, but there's something in it. So pay attention to this. There are four tendencies that we all have, and I'm going to read out to you how, how she separates them or how they all fit together. So we all face two kinds of expectations. There are outer expectations, meeting work deadlines, uh, observing traffic regulations and following external rules. And inner expectations, such as stop taking naps all the time or keeping a New Year's resolution. Now, Gretchen Rubin says, from my observation, just about everyone falls into one of four distinct groups. Upholders respond readily to both outer expectations and inner expectations. Questioners question all expectations and will meet an expectation only if they believe it's justified. Obligers respond readily to outer expectations, but struggle to meet inner expectations. And rebels resist all the expectations, outer and inner alike. So the idea of the four tendencies is that there are upholders, questioners, obligers and rebels. And I think maybe we can talk through the examples of how we tested, because she came up with this test I'm going to put in the show notes so you can kind of comment on the blog article or tweet us uh, tell us what your tendencies are um, and I've got a few theories about language learners I'll share with you in a minute but um, first I think we should present our own tendencies and perhaps Lindsay if you can tell us what your tendency is and what does that mean to you feels like I'm exposing myself slightly I don't know <laughs> um, I think I was upholder wasn't I yeah I remembered rightly yeah so responds to outer and inner is that right that's right yeah so an, yeah. Up, an upholder is a person who when there's an external expectation so I have to be I have to be ready to put to record the podcast at 1 p.m she'll be there at 1 p.m recording the podcast but also an inner expectation like I will do 40 words of vocabulary today is somebody who's self-motivated enough to do that is that right I think that's right yeah so upholder was both mm-hmm And then what were you? I was a questioner. <laughs> and it's funny because when I, first, when I first heard it, and apparently this is a common result, guess what I did? I, I went, really? <laughs> so instantly questioned the result. <laughs> so questioners are people who can respond to any kind of expectation and meet any kind of expectation. And by expectation, Gretchen Rubin basically means goals, really. So, you know, like the, the, the things that we put on ourselves or the things that the world puts on us. Um, and it, so as a questioner, you have a tendency to be a person who can pretty much maintain anything, but you're only going to do it if it actually makes sense to you. And you're only going to do You just don't do things because people tell you that they're a good thing. You do things because you wanna. Um, and as she put it in the book, a questioner basically turns everything into an internal expectation. Mm. So everything goes through this kind of process. So, as an example, if I I was um, I was reading or I, I very often read. Um, 
currently our blogging colleagues, um, Ollie Richards from I Will Teach Your Language does it, Chris Broholm from Actual Fluency does it, and Lord knows who else do it. Everybody seems to have gotten into this crazy habit of getting up at I don't know, four in the morning or something stupid like that. Um, and there's this book out there called The Miracle Morning, right? So everybody gets up at, at stupid in the morning. And the more people do this and the more people rave about how exciting it is, the more I start resisting. And the similar with, um, and this, this shows on my blog, I think, as well. Um, I was saying to Lindsay earlier, the more people rave about Duolingo, the more people just take it as a given that Duolingo is fantastic and is, is going to teach you a language, the more my inner questioning tendency comes out and goes, really, really, come on, yeah, right, you're just, you know, you're just doing that because everybody is doing it. And I really resist doing something because everybody is doing it. However, I will then, if I'm, if, if something I then question my own resistance as well because I know I'm not internally right. So then I start researching everything, trying it out. Um, and then things happen like I write a really long article about Duolingo going, here's the good stuff, here's the bad stuff, here's my conclusion. And that is then my justified and well-researched opinion. I always think, I feel like I need reasons to do stuff. Um, equally with getting up at four in the morning, I need a reason to do it. Um, and the reason has to be better than this is really good. Somebody else said it was really good. But if you then start presenting me with, with health data and all this other stuff about it, then things become slightly different, really. And I do turn things into an internal expectation. And for the last two weeks, I have been quite happily waking up before seven in the morning because I decided to. So that is kind of how I, you know, that, that's, that is, I feel like those, those are occasions when I really felt like, yeah, I get this questioner thing. I really feel questionary, questiony. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you have upholder moments, Lindsay? I think your whole language learning routine is, is, is upholdery. I guess. <laughs> I just, just before, I'm just intrigued. What is it that has made you kind of, what what is it about it that's made that's been a good enough reason for you to make it an internal expectation? What do you think it is that's changed that and made it possible for you? Mm, this is an interesting question. It's the same with dieting, yeah. and it's the same um, yeah. as I was switching from Russian to Welsh. And as you were holding your language learning motivation webinar, um, one of one of your questions in the webinar or in preparation of the webinar was how do you maintain your motivation? How do you, you know, like, when do you drop off? When does this problem come in? And I kind of felt like, well, I don't really, because I said I'd do it. And, and I kind of just keep going, you know, because I said I'd do it. So with Russian, with giving up Russian, I definitely struggled with, I said I'd do this. And I had to weigh the advantages and disadvantages in my mind, you know, which are entirely made up advantages and disadvantages. Um, and I, I'm the kind of person who will then start doing pro and con lists. So mm. I, I try to scientifically analyze what this exact reason is, but really I couldn't quite tell you. I, I, don't, I don't think I can always put my finger on it. I, I try to externalize it with many, many things. When I have to make a decision, I, I'm, I'm going to start doing I've, – I've built my own little system where I score different um, – score different options because I'm so bad at making decisions 
um, because as a questioner, you do run a tendency of over-researching stuff. So I don't know. Sometimes I guess I don't come to any conclusion by researching and thinking. And then I do the ultimate research, which is trying. Mm. Oh, that's deep. That's like a fridge magnet. <laughs> the ultimate research is trying. It's, it's true though, right? Yeah. And sometimes, And sometimes I just... I just come to a conclusion and I just know. Um, but what, what certainly is, is consistent with me is once my mind is made up, it's, it's pretty made up. Um, and then you can't, you can't now, something like um, somebody saying to me, why are you learning that language? Nobody speaks that language. No, it's, it just completely is irrelevant. Like you can't talk me out of things very easily. Um, and equally, you can't talk me into mm. things very easily as you see with the Duolingo example. So I guess that's a, that's a, a portrait of a questioner as I see it. Um, but yeah, so one thing that I noticed with you, what is your, what is your approach to routine, Lindsay? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so upholders. So yeah. per people who have a tendency to, to what, follow their own rules? No, because you don't yeah. make the rules, do you? What if somebody else makes the rules? See, I think upholder is both, right? So if someone, like you said, if, if you say to me, podcast recording at 1pm, I'm going to be there at 1pm because you're relying on me. And if I say to myself, I'm going to um, go for a walk at lunchtime, then I'm going to go for a walk at lunchtime because I've told myself I'm going to do it. But then, right, see, then there are times when stuff doesn't happen. So, for example, I normally go for a walk every lunchtime. So I'll eat my lunch and watch an episode of something funny and then I'll go outside for a walk, right? But today, as an example, I've got this at one o'clock and um, it's raining. So it's like, well, I'm not going to go for a walk today. And it feels like the most rebellious thing because it's like, oh, breaking away. Look at me, rebel kind of thing. I don't know. It's really weird. Whereas I imagine for a lot of people, that would just be like, nah, didn't go for a walk today. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, for me, me, that's kind of a big deal. For me, it would be like, I'm not going for a walk today. And here are the reasons why I'm not going for a walk today. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. See, I tell myself those reasons like, well, it's raining and you have an appointment at one and you have to be back. And but then it's still like, well, I could have eaten a bit quicker or <laughs> I could have had my shoes on before I started eating lunch or, you know, you try and then make excuses for reasons of how you could have done it better mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. sure that it had happened. So we're into some weird tense territory here, aren't we? With verbs, but yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So in, in summary, when you have a habit, you are extremely comfortable in that habit. Yeah. So what are I you like, so. what is an upholder like with establishing habit? If I'm, if I'm to believe the Gretchen Rubin book, it's pretty much you actually seek that out. You want to build habit as quickly as you can. And do you know what? Actually, that makes a lot of sense because I find myself more attracted to learning or to starting to learn a new language than to continuing really far with languages I already know. Because I love that kind of fresh start. I love that starting again. I love being the beginner with, with a language because it's like, right, this is the time. I'm going to get it even better I'm going to do even better than last time oh and right I, I, so I find that more interesting maybe this is why because that's just built into my nature yes yeah looking for routine and that's really yeah. interesting whereas my approach with languages is often that 
I specifically, again, I specifically resist going for a new language because it feels so arbitrary. It feels like, why? I've already got one. I've already made my mind up to do this one. Why would I do another? So then I need, I need specific reasons. So I don't, again, I don't stray very easily because I've got that resistance to doing something that feels kind of willful. So what about our other two tendencies? We have two more. They are the obliger and the rebel. And I think obligers, that's quite an interesting one. The obliger tendency response, if we're still looking at external and internal expectations, um, responds to external, but not so much internal. So the more deadlines, external rules, uh, meetings, etc. are set for this type of person, the more likely they are to fall into a habit and achieve something. And do you know somebody who's a bit like that? Hmm. I can't think of an off of my head. All I can think is I imagine that one's the most frustrating to be. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because it must be annoying. Like, oh, Jimmy said that I have to take the bins out so now I have to clean the bins out instead of like learning my memorized words that I told myself I was going to do I don't know I'd find that quite annoying yeah I think I think you just prioritize whatever you 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 might you must feel like you're automatically prioritizing whatever somebody else wants because somebody else wants it yeah Mm. so this is about um this brings up an interesting interesting question that I want to ask you in a minute, or I want to discuss in a minute. But before, well, let's have a look at the rebel tendency, which, as the name suggests, they resist all of the expectations. Rah! They are rebels. <laughs> so <laughs> the rebel tendency, and I've got a friend where I, I, I knew... Um, or I, I had a very good guess that she was a rebel before I made everybody, because I made all my friends take the test because, um, you know, research, right? So, <laughs> so my <laughs> rebel friend is so obviously a rebel friend. And it, there's so much in because she it's really the person that dances to their own tune. It's not like they're, they're never going to do anything. It's just... I guess everything feels a bit arbitrary to them and there's nothing that there's a certain resistance to pressure and there's a real desire to do it your own way. And to give a good example or something I found quite, um, quite interesting, um, Gretchen Rubin said something about um, parents who felt like their child had a rebel tendency. And she says, the best way to wrangle the rebel child is to give the kid the information to make a decision, present the issue as a question that he alone can answer. So there's a certain level of uniqueness. Like I need, you know, like y- y- no one has told you what to do. There's, you, you uniquely know this. And let him make mm. a decision and act without telling you. Let him make a decision without an audience. Audiences equal expectations. If he thinks you're not mm. watching, he won't need to rebel against your expectations. So rebels must have a tendency to feel like whatever idea is out there was their idea and they got to it when nobody was looking if i understand this correctly and they'll only do even if you suggest a good idea to them they they might very likely or they might do it they might not do it you never know but they're certainly not going to do it if you want them to (laughs) yeah if you're kind of standing over them saying yep so this is what you got to do yeah and as interesting about the, the the parent thing recommended of kind of then leaving them to make their decision on their own that makes a lot of sense doesn't it the the audience being expectations see I find that really useful in terms of 
I guess in terms of sharing my language learning on the blog and on YouTube and everything, that really helps to motivate me because that helps me think, well, it's there now. I need to get it done. And it's interesting to think that there are a group of people that that just would be the worst thing and the complete opposite. I Yeah. And um, in terms of language learning, I, th I thought as I was reading about the rebel tendency, I had some really, really interesting thoughts. So before we move on, one question to you. Do you think, um, and I can tell you what Gretchen Rubin says, do you think any tendency is better than another? No, because I think it's a, it's it's about sort of learning to to work with the way that you are naturally, and I think that with all of them, there's a way, a kind of a way around it, I guess, and it's just knowing your sort of tendency and knowing what is going to make you get stuff done. I agree with that, and I mean Gretchen Rubin agrees with that as well, <laughs> I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly, it's not about. This isn't about saying, "Hey, if you're an upholder, you've got it made. You're going to learn language in two weeks because you know you're, you're going to have all the routines done." Whereas if you're a rebel, forget it. It's not about that mm. at all. Each tendency has got its own sort of um, different way of habit building, and this is more about knowing yourself and, like Lindsay said, working in line with who you are and what you know. And that is probably why I found this so interesting. Um, so no matter which tendency, if you want, you may want to pause the podcast because you can't, you can't wait to take the test. Um, and if you look in the show notes under the link section, I've put it in there. It's called what's your tendency. So just go in and take the test, pause the podcast. We'll see you in a minute. And while we are in the midpoint of our podcast, do we have a little girl with a clown to this bit that we can put? On like an image. What? Do you know what I mean? Do you get that reference? Of like in the TV, in the TV, in the 90s, <laughs> in that's the on TV. TV. <laughs> in the 90s and stuff on TV. And then in the UK, and you'd have like before programs started, there would be a little girl with a clown. Oh my no? God. I have seen this image. I've seen this yeah. image because Christian has shown it me and I've got to put it in the show notes now because it's absolutely terrifying picture. It's so scary. It's really weird. It looks, it? yeah. If you have, I mean, why the, that picture? I don't know. The Stephen King book, it has ruined clowns for everybody that wasn't oh. scared of clowns yet, but clowns are, clowns have always been terrifying, right? So this is just, have you seen, have you seen the film clown? No, that's a weird film. <laughs> That's a weird film. I don't like that at it's all. About, it's about a guy. So it's about a guy who uh, he want, he dresses up in a clown suit for his son's birthday. He finds it in the attic and he has the birthday and then he can't take the suit off. So he just keeps it on and thinks, I'll just get it off when I get home from work. And then the, the wig gets stuck to his head and then he gets like possessed by this suit. And it's very weird. It's, it's a horror movie. Oh, mm. no, I don't like not horror for, movies. Not for a Sunday afternoon. No, as we as we heard in episode thirty, I just like I just like crime mysteries, but horror, no. <laughs> oh, crime! Actually, since that episode that we talked about TV was it episode? I don't know what it was. It was the since last we one, about yeah. TV, thirty, yeah. I have started learning Korean, and I've started watching some um, Korean drama shows. Oh wow! Okay, Korean yeah, drama shows inspired by the podcast. That's what the podcast is meant to do. Yeah, I was inspired. It's called Boys Over Flowers. It's very good. Oh, wow. And I'm going to, 
put the link not in this show notes for this one but i'm going to ask Lindsay what the link is and if you are interested in that in watching korean tv or what we discussed last time which is french german welsh flemish or there was some other swedish and danish um good tv dramas i've done a list for you and i have looked them up so that you can Instantly, I have looked up whether you can stream them anywhere online and where I could find it. So you can see whether you can get this on iTunes, on Amazon, on something called um, Easy View or something like that. Um, and then I've also given you DVD links and DVDs, obviously, with the easiest subtitle options for American Amazon and British Amazon. So I did a bit of work there um, to make it easier for you. And I'm going to put, the show, put that in the show notes. I'm going to add bullets and flowers or whatever the show's called. Yeah, boys over flowers. Mm. Bullets over flowers. Boys, boys. Boys! All right. I thought it was a war show or something. No, it's it's a high school drama. Definitely not a war show, although it is a bit bit dramatic at at points. It's a bit like war. That sounds really good. Yeah. Korean drama, boys over flowers. Okay, um, and before we move on, um, a 30-second spot from our sponsor and our sponsor for today. Thank you very much. You are making this podcast possible. Your name is Lindsay Dow. Bleep! What? <laughs> so, yeah, today's podcast is sponsored by Successful Self-Study, my brand new e-course, which is out today. And uh, you can get your hands on it now. It's it's available right now if you're listening to this podcast when it's released. And it's pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. I'm not awesome. sure what else. I'm not sure. <laughs> don't, don't start reading out the contents because the contents list I, is, is I, endless. The There's is so huge. much in it. Oh, I my God. I breathless every single time I read the contents list. I'm like, oh, oh. So, yeah. <laughs> head so, to the, yeah, go on. So, uh, yeah, head to fluentlanguage.co.uk slash uh, self-study course and there you're going to see the promo video and you're also going to see that whole list that Lindsay can't read out maybe your promo video should just be you reading out the list and then fainting yeah I think that's probably what's going to happen <laughs> super convincing <laughs> okay. and with that with that being said let's go to the second part and I thought this was really interesting and have some notes about this how can you use your tendency for language learning. So if we assume that we all have the same goal, if you've been listening to episode... Oh, this is episode 32. If you've been listening to episode 30, our first episode of the new year, then you will have heard a few ideas and a few thoughts that we have about how to set New Year's resolutions, etc. And you've probably set your goals and you've set your resolutions and you're all set up. So how can you work with your tendency in order to build habit And I've got a few thoughts here. And one thing that instantly struck me, that was kind of the first thing that really stuck out to me, and I want to discuss it with you, Lindsay, is that I thought the tendency type that is best suited, maybe not best suited sounds wrong, but that that really has maybe a head start when it comes to studying a language entirely by yourself, in my opinion, is the rebel. Oh, because okay. because because self study is all about this doing it by yourself, and it came it it kind of came up in my mind as I was reading the, this description that we had of the rebel child, where it said audiences equal expectations, and then later on it says a rebel mm-hmm. who wants to succeed in school might say, no one can no one thinks I can get into a good college, but I'll show them. So this is about this is about resisting that kind of you know like. 
meeting, not just meeting, but excelling at expectations, internal and external, and about proving something to yourself. And I think that is where the rebel tendency will serve you very, very well, and how you can really work in line with that. And if you, particularly in self-study, you've got all these amazing opportunities now where you can customize your program. You can make up your own course, mm. basically. You don't have to go to a language school and listen to somebody, you know, like on a Tuesday night, maybe when you don't fancy doing it, etc. You don't have to read a specific book. You don't have to read. You don't really have to do anything. You just can do it entirely in your own way, entirely in the way that works best for you. And I think that's why I felt it suits the rebel tendency so well, because you kind of have a free hand and you can make up your own you know, you, you can do whatever you think is the best way of doing this. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I felt. So that rebels really well suited to, um, self-directed language learning. That's very interesting because I thought you were going to say the complete opposite. I thought you were going to say upholder. Ah, and what made, what makes you think that? I can see where you're coming from. So tell me more. Yeah. So with upholder, you know, responding to inner and outer expectations, it therefore doesn't matter whether or not you're in a class, whether or not you're on your own, but either way, you are going to have something. You're going to have a voice that's saying, yep, yeah, you're going to learn this language, you're going to learn this many words this week, or you're going to get to this level by the end of the month, or whatever it might be. And you're then going to be able to set your goals and, and stick to them. Yes. Whether or not it's, it's you telling yourself that or an outside source. And then when it comes down to the others, I guess, kind of needing um, the obliger, needing the external expectation, that would be some, that would be along the lines of creating accountability, something like the add one challenge, something like the italki language challenge, the um, Instagram language challenge that I run, the IGLC. Mm. What about, uh, I'm surprised you're not saying, you're not saying courses. That really, that's kind of throwing me because isn't that the obliger? easiest way of no yeah with an obliger isn't that the easiest way to get external accountability which you just sign up yes for a class no. especially yes if no, you because if you pay in advance right okay so yeah so there's the variation right so if you pay in advance for a class and if, if it's like an actual you're going to go each week and you know or you have a deadline with it or you have particular um a target or an appointment with it then yes perhaps but if you are just signing up for an online course that is kind of evergreen and just running whenever you want to sign up and you've got as, as much time to do it as you want then maybe you're not going to succeed unless you've got that external expectation alongside yeah i mean this is one reason why with the course if i if i can have some more airtime on that is <laughs> why i've got the slack community as part of that because you know wherever you're coming from whichever one of these tendencies you are th that sort of support will provide you with something that you need whether or not it's providing you with that external accountability that you need from other people that know you're doing the course that are there saying hey you can do this you know whether or not it's you turning to other people and, and kind of sharing your internal thoughts and, and you know relying on them to feedback and then that has some value for any tendency I think absolutely and then when it comes to questioner you know it's a place where you can ask questions and you can say hey why why do we have to do that why do we have to study vocabulary that way why you know and it's a place where you can throw your questions out there and get answers 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you you are very right. And as a fellow online course maker, I also feel that one of the we often we often one of the things that we have to be creative about when we're making online courses. And I think you should at least look out for with a good online course. And I've done similar things. So this is why Speak German Like a Native has a SoundCloud group, and why when mm. you upload something into the SoundCloud group, I go in and I give you feedback. Um, and part of the reason of that, and why I send emails to people on my courses on a sort of regular basis not every single week but you will you will absolutely hear from me from time to time and that is because I want to remind certain people who who may have forgotten that they even signed up for the course because you just don't have the external push you just got you had your internal excitement mm. but it's difficult to keep up with something that you just said you were going to do every now and then reminding people that there's somebody there And equally, if you are an obliger, if you find yourself um, having that tendency, reminding yourself that there's somebody there counting on you to do something, that is extremely valuable. That is so great. And I mean, that's why people, you know, pay coaches, teachers, one-to-one, etc. A big part of that is because there's somebody there expecting you to rock up and do the thing every week. So if you are an obliger, Absolutely. just like Lindsay says, you know, get yourself the mastermind, get yourself the Slack group, make sure that if you're going to, um, invest or if you're going to do your thing make sure that you set yourself up in a structure where there's some level of external accountability meaning somebody is somewhere you feel like is counting on you to do things you don't have to spend money on this you could also ask your especially if you've got upholder friends I imagine they're going to be super reliable <laughs> so if you get them to check in with you every week or something like that and you know really You've got to feel like they care. You've got to feel like they're actually going to notice if you don't do it. But I think perhaps it's to do with losing face that the obliger in particular is going to do super well with that. Whereas if you're a rebel, if you've got a course that tells you exactly what to do, um, you're pretty much exactly going to not do that. <laughs> so coming back to questioner, something I thought about as the questioner language learner that would be my sort of, as a fellow questioner, best advice um, on what to do as you are learning a language would be to, at some point, resist straying from the resources that you are using too much. Because I think it can be very tempting to, for, to, to, do, to keep researching forever, to keep thinking, oh, there's a better textbook out there oh look at this new app it's going to revolutionize everything oh look at this thing it's going to make everything better um am i doing the right thing so because and one of the things that you do as a questioner is you you also run a little tendency of questioning yourself and you know kind of always checking in with yourself wondering if you are doing the best that you can if you are performing in the best way that you can um, are you meeting all those expectations that you have put on yourself, especially on an ambitious venture like language learning? So that would be a kind of thing where I thought a questioner will serve themselves really, really well by setting a deadline, really time boxing your research. And once you've made up your mind, stick with what you've made up your mind to do. But if you feel that internal curiosity, follow it, realize that it's coming from a decent place. and You don't have to always follow what everybody else tells you to do. And Lindsay, how many times, this is something that I've noticed or thinking back about the podcast, how many times have you talked about your daily routine and every time I've gone, oh, daily, I don't know. Mm. And I thought that, a lot. that, yeah, exactly. And that, that's a really good example of that because you're so good at maintaining a daily routine. Whereas 
when I hear the word daily, I instantly go, really? That seems arbitrary. Why, why daily? Who came up with that? Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's just instant. It, I don't know. There's an instant resistance, an instant, really? But if you gave me a good reason, if you said to me, look, if you don't do this daily, your brain only has 24 hours memory and you're going to forget everything. Of course I would do it because it would be the only, you know, then it makes sense. But if something doesn't make sense, I don't really do it. So that was kind of my thing about the the language sharing. But you're right. The questioner will always, they're the kind of person probably most likely to Google, um, don't know, vocabulary memorization tips and best way to this and best way to do that and to to read the reviews. Um, I'm always, I'm forever reading reviews on things. Um, so mm. th- that is most certainly. So if you are a... Um, an upholder, what would be kind of your best tip for setting up a study routine? Or, or is it just, does it just come naturally? I think, yeah, kind of naturally. I mean, it comes naturally because I enjoy the process of, of kind of setting a routine. So like, you know, and I guess that's, again, like coming back to the, the sort of starting at the beginning and changing languages so often, I guess that's part of that because I love that, right, right. Clean slate, fresh start. How are we going to do things this time? What's going to be different? I don't know. I just, I, I really like that. So I enjoy that side of it. So it, it, it comes quite easily. The sticking to it, as I said, I, again, it, it's not difficult sticking to it. It's more a case of if something happens that's out of my control. Like I said, with the walking at lunchtime, if it's raining and it's like, I can't go for a walk today, stupid rain, you know. And of course, I could put a coat on. I could get my Wellington—I don't own Wellington boots. I could, get, you know, I could put like proper kind of gear on to go out and walk in the rain and still do what I've said I'm going to do. But meh. So I do have that <laughs> side. I do still have that side. And like, you know, for example, okay, here's another example. I think exercise and language learning are like parallels to each other, but they're so similar. Um, is that right? Parallels, if they're similar? I don't know. But anyway. Um, it means, so it means th- along the same lines. Yeah. Okay. I, I think they are. I think they are. They're very, very um, similar. So, for example, every Saturday morning, we go to a thing called Park Run. I'm not sure if there's one. Near, I think you said there's one near you, right? We've got um, one in Lancaster now. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's, it's nice. It's really cool. There's like 500 people go. It's free. And you just go and you run a 5K run. Um, around this really cool lake in Milton Keynes. Um, incidentally, where there's a Japanese peace pagoda and temple, which is nice. So I like looking at that every weekend. Um, but I say every weekend, right? So then sometimes if I am ill or it's really bad weather, then it's like, uh, uh, uh. and I have the internal expectation saying, but you don't have to go today because it's miserable weather, because you don't feel very well so I have that internal expectation saying it's okay but then I have the external expectation of Ashley my partner who would go anyway so Mm -hmm. it's like well he's going yeah so I I now I still have to go (laughs) you know what I mean yeah yeah no I can I can totally see that I guess I would be like just because you're going doesn't mean I have to go but at the same time I would go because or or I would I would certainly look at going because I would have previously to even sign up to something like that my commitment would have to be so 
uh, you know, is, is, is already at that point, I've already, I've already weighed up whether it's worth doing. So I've already weighed up. Oh, okay. I have to get up and I have to be up in the morning and I have to be at this specific place at 9am and oh, okay. Is it worth it? So every, all, at every yeah. step on the way I would have done, is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah. Is this worth it? Um, but you know, ultimately with something like park run, you can then go, it's worth it because it's free and it's good for my health. But mm. or, or that would be my internal. Whereas I think if you're a rebel, if, again, if you if you have this strong obliger tendency, you probably sign up to parkrun and you sign up in park to parkrun particularly because your friend talked you into it. And if you're a rebel, you you would never sign up to parkrun unless mm. it it was your idea in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> So, so there is that. And uh, I think in this particular style of show or with this particular type of show, this is so much about you, listener. This is so much about what you guys are like and what you guys are interested in. So really, we can't take this discussion a lot further um, about our own tendencies without asking you what your tendencies are. And I would love to hear about it. And then in the next show, we could take five or 10 minutes to go through this go through the feedback and kind of work out what are your tendencies and do you feel this resonates with you and what have you taken away from this to bring into your own language learning routine so i encourage you to just please write to us or give it send us a tweet or comment on the blog post so as you probably know on fluentlanguage.co.uk slash podcast you can access every single episode so you can find this episode and there's a comment section in the blog article so you can really easily comment on it or what you can do is you can email me or you can email Lindsay and tell us if you feel like you know you want to send us a personal kind of letter email love receiving those uh, listener Chris listener Colin hello um, or you can even write it in your iTunes review and say, hey, I really enjoyed the episode about the four tendencies. I'm a total obliger. And here I am because um, Kirsten and Lindsay are counting on me to leave five stars. Whereas if you're a rebel, I'll be like, dude, you can give us five stars. You can give us one star. You know, go crazy. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> as an upholder, I guess, we would, or as a question, we'd have to say, look, it really helps the podcasts. Here are the different reasons for how iTunes ranks podcasts and why it helps us that you review us. So with every different <laughs> tendency, there's a different way of, you know, motivating yourself or even motivating, mm. you know, think about your your mum, your brother, your husband, your wife. How, we, how do you get them to do stuff? <laughs> tell, us, tell us about that. So this is a really fascinating topic. But ultimately, I want to to open the floor up and get some user feedback or oh, user feedback, listener feedback from you guys. Um, it'll be so great to hear from you. So please uh, send us an email, send us a tweet. Lindsay, where can people tweet us? Uh, I am at LD Languages on at, Twitter. At LD Languages. And I am at Kirsten Hammers, which is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. -E and yes, I did have to think about it then. <laughs> Oh, I mean, what do you think? Should we make up a hashtag? Should we do hashtag CLLP or something? CLLP. Creative Language oh, Learning Podcast. That took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've just done a search for it and it's not taken yet. So you can also, uh, I'm going to monitor that hashtag and you can also get in touch with us on the hashtag CLLP and tell us what your tendency is. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Um, really, really looking forward to hearing from you. And I think with that, we come to the takeaway of the week. Lindsay, what is your takeaway from this week? Your triad at home. It's... Sorry? Your, oh, your triad at home. 
try it at home <laughs> from happier. I think my, my takeaway from today is just to, it, I think it's about being aware of the four tendencies as well and not just about being aware of your own, but also understanding that they exist and that other people might not respond to expectations in the same way as you do. So, you know, if you find something really easy to, to get done, don't just assume that everyone else will. And just kind of respecting and understanding that, I think, is quite valuable. Ah, yeah. No, you're right. Absolutely. So this is about our takeaway from podcast episode 32. 32, my apologies. Um, our takeaway from podcast episode 32 is all about becoming aware of the four tendencies checking your own tendency and then doing a little bit of research and a little bit of digging about the people around you and observing how the tendencies influence how you and how other people act in your life, whether it is in language learning or whether it is not. And with that, we come to the end of the Creative Language Learning Podcast. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sorry, I, I am turning into University Challenge here, so I'm going to I put a little click in there. I laugh my favorite joke okay so it's goodbye from me <laughs> goodbye and it's goodbye from Lindsay Dow au revoir, <laughs> au revoir Lindsay. <laughs> thanks for listening to the creative language learning podcast guys don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in itunes or on stitcher that's always very much appreciated if you have any feedback or you've got any questions you can email me kirsten k-e-r-s-t-i-n at fluentlanguage.co.uk or you can find me on Facebook Fluent Language Tuition or on Twitter at Kirsten Hammers that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N H-A-M-M-E-S 